3: Oh, man. I'm loving that. I'm loving that music, that brunch, that brunch-tastic music for this right now.
2: Now presenting my smug face.
3: <laughs> you said you'd get the new intro going for the for the Saturday shows. I like it. I, I wasn't like
2: it. lying. I wasn't lying. But anyway, <laughs> folks, welcome to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of the broadcast partners here. To my right is a very sad Edmonton Oilers fan, Dustin yes. Henry. Dustin, how are we doing today? Yeah, I'm doing all right. But, you know,
3: I was all happy because they tied it up 1-1 the other night. And uh, then I fell asleep watching the Stars and the Wild. And uh, I was informed that the Oilers lost. But I still got to support the team, to quote David Putty. Got to support the team. Got to support the team. Uh, <laughs> so I figured, and also it's morning. I'm planning on working out after this, so I needed to cover my greasy head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got hair to you got a hat to cover your hair. I don't. I mean, yeah, yeah. But before we continue with on with our Saturday brunch episode, just want to remind you about our social media channels: Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at NoCredsReq, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsReq, on YouTube. It's no creds. It's at no creds. It's a youtube.com at no creds. R E Q. If you're watching either Facebook or on YouTube, smash that like button, smash it responsibly. If you're, if you're an audio subscriber, if you're an audio listener subscribe to the podcast on either Apple podcast, Spotify, Spreaker, Google play, wherever you podcast rate and review, no matter how much, how nice or how mean the review is. I will read it on the air. And also if you're watching live, this is a listener engaged engagement show. I know you've been waiting, I know we were just, we were just on the air a few days ago, Dustin, but yeah, I know you got to hear that sound. Oh, always, always. That's right. Folks engage with the show, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, whether on the replay or live, we want to hear from you. Engage with us on the show. So we've got another guest uh, coming in today. Uh, we have a, a buddy of mine who is in the ch- who's always in the chat uh, with Snowman in the morning. I don't know if, uh, Mr., if Mr. Snowman is uh, watching right now. If he is, salute to you, Snowman, and also to the, to the rest of the crew over at Snowman in the morning. But uh, we're going to bring in my friend all the way from Norway. Uh, he goes by the handle Sick Diggy. He's a good dude. We're going to talk about this wild, wild story out of uh, out of soccer, out of the soccer world. And we all got comments in the section. Good morning, guys. Good morning to you, Rod Uncensored. Glad you could join us. But we're going to bring Sick Diggy in. We're going to talk about this wild story out of Europe uh, that is uh, involves a uh, professional soccer player for the uh, for Paris Saint Germain. So I'll go ahead and bring him in. Sick, Sick Diggy, Sick. How are we doing today, bud?
0: first and foremost the dog to all, all the summon, which means hello good day everyone in, in norwegian it is after five in the afternoon over here and it's in a wonderful spring day here although we are expecting rain tomorrow morning which will be pretty good because it washes out all the dirt that was left over from the snow melt. so where shall we begin regarding this issue going this whole fiasco i would say okay <laughs> it, all begins, it all surrounds a certain football player his name or football as we call it here in europe soccer as you guys would call it in the states i grew up playing i grew up calling it both but okay. it is it a moroccan international spanish by birth by the name of ashram hakimi he is a defender he currently plays professionally for in the French League for Paris Saint-Germain, or PSG. And he also plays for the Moroccan national team. In fact, he was part of the Moroccan national team last year that reached all the way to the semifinals in the World Cup.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask if he was on that team or not, but yeah.
0: yeah. And like, a, and like many of the players on that team, he's actually second-generation Moroccan. Most of them are European-born. They're uh, predominantly French belgian and dutch nationals he among a couple other are spanish nationals while their starting goalkeeper happens to be canadian by birth (laughs) interesting yeah
2: nice mix
0: over there well dual citizenship has its benefits well to kind of preface this entire story right now i need you guys to remember a movie called shawshank redemption
3: Okay. All right. all right. Andy Dufresne. Got
0: it. Got it. <laughs> oh, we also need to give this disclaimer first and foremost, folks. It's okay. I got this, Ryan. The following the following viewpoints that are about to be expressed in this segment are the guests and the guests alone. Do not reflect the co the host or the co host and whatsoever or nor credentials. Podcast viewers' discretion is advised. And with that, this segment is brought to you by Screwball VPN. When things get a little crazy, when the Wi-Fi is out of control, Screwball VPN is your go-to. All the way out of left field.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Screwball VPN, for sponsoring this segment. <laughs>
0: We all need, hey, we all need ads here, you know. That's this true. is a carryover. From- so anyway, Shawshank Redemption. The scene in particular is this one scene where the inmates were loaned out to do some work on a construction site. So up on the rooftop. So Tim Robbins, who plays Andy Dufresne along with Red, played by Morgan Freeman, and also the narrator, are, do, are among those inmates who are doing some of the labor work. And they're being over, overseen by the prison guards. Among them, the head guard, who is played by Clancy Brown. In this particular scene, Clancy, Clancy Brown, is overseeing the inmates while he's brewing and discussing with some of his colleagues, or his underlings, so to speak. Where he talks about he just... Came into some inheritance. That's about five figures. Now understand. This, this movie is the movie set in nineteen fifties and sixties. Here, folks. Yeah. Five yeah. figures. then not what five figures is now. It'll probably be like six or seven. And when he says, "I, I received an inheritance," one of one of the younger co- one of his younger colleagues looks at him and says, "Well, congratulations. That's great news." He look. He just turns to him and. Berates him by explaining to him that, no, it is not a good thing, considering that the IRS will take a huge chunk of it through taxation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Andy Dufresne, Tim Robbins' character, overhears the conversation. And being the banker that he is, just walks up to them. Red tries to tell him, don't go, don't go. A- Andy, where you going? Andy, where you going? And immediately he stops and looks at the, at the, at the head, at at the head guard, Clancy Brown says, CO, do you love your wife? Feeling offended by the question, Clancy Brown rebukes him. But once the question is asked by, by Jim Robbins, salute to you to snowman. How you doing, sir? We gotta acknowledge the chat. Sorry, but anyway, oh, always feeling further enraged by the question being repeated, Brown would grab Robbins and threaten to throw him over. And as soon as he says, "Okay, throw me over if you want to kiss that money goodbye," and while holding him over the edge, he asks him, "What? The, what do you know about this?" And then he explains to him that there is a legal loophole. Where he can protect that money without having having to worry about the irs and that is to put it under his wife's name Mm -hmm. and then he explains that there is that in any account or lawyer will explain to him that putting assets under a spouse's name protects it from any taxation whatsoever once he realizes that he realizes who andy Dufresne is he says wait a minute you're that banker yeah so what do you want out of this and he says all right if what i say A checks out i'm asking that me and the fellow inmates here get a certain number of cold beers as a reward and that's and in the end of the end that scene they end up getting beers because it turned out what he said was right
3: yeah yeah he knew what he was talking
0: about the banker and that said oh who's here look who's here
2: it's title-long. It's my it's show mascot. <laughs> yes. <So> the show <laughs> he just turned, mascot. Actually just tur- he actually just turned 11 two days ago. Oh, man. Happy birthday, Tags.
0: <laughs> so, protecting assets here. That is the te- that is the top. That is the preface, the um, context in which I'm about to explain the story. So, Ashraf Hakimi, who plays in Paris and Bernard, had just completed his first year, and now he's on the second year with the team. His entire legal fiasco began in the beginning of, well, in late February of this year, where he found himself being accused of SA, if I can say that.
2: We got we got the context. Yep.
0: Of SA by a twenty-four-year-old woman in, front, in France, and he is himself is twenty-four, and he denies any allegate any uh any inappropriate, any inappropriate, any inappropriate action whatsoever. Unfortunately, in the beginning of March, an investigation was issued and and now he's under investigation. All the while he remains in France to continue his career, but he's under certain restriction by by law enforcement as if not to contact the the victim or do anything else. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: In response to this, his wife of two years Up who apparently he's been separated with from, decided to proceed with divorce proceedings. His wife, who is now thirty-six, and is the mother of their two sons, ages three and one, was demanding half and then some for child support. Right. Wow. Unbelievable to her. When they looked at the financial records or whatnot, it would appear that Mr. Hakimi, who who last year was signed to a 60 million euro, five-year contract, five-year contract with Paris Saint-Germain, with the possibility of earning an additional 11 million in add-on incentives or bonuses, owns absolutely nothing, as everything apparently is in under his mother's name. Oh man! (laughs) (laughs) on paper he earns more than he does right and in the court it showed him admitting this they clarified this in the court proceedings and it showed afterwards in the aftermath that she has been ruled to have to pay him half It showed him and his mother dancing after after the whole fiasco and whatnot in the courtroom now unfortunately there has been a lot of buzz. This has been going viral for a few for for some for a few days, even for the past couple of weeks. A lot of people have been talking out of their rear end because they do not understand all the facts of the case, or as regard as regard to Mr. Hakimi, his situation, his financial situation.
2: Yeah, because I, I initially when you mentioned it in the chat on I think Wednesday or Thursday uh, of Snowman in the morning. I said, I only heard, I only saw the headline. Admittedly, I just saw the headline uh, of it. So mm-hmm. I need you to get the full context and you sent me the article, uh, which I thank you for, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Um, but for those, of, for those who aren't familiar with the situation, aren't familiar with the situation, can you give us a little bit more context as to what's, I mean, you've given us a lot of the facts already, but there seems to be more behind the story.
0: Well, I had to do some digging. As someone who grew up playing the game and has loved the game, of course, my the that I most follow are the Italian Serie A and the English Premier League. I haven't been big on the French league, but I have seen. Um, I do check it out every once in a while. Considering I do have some colleagues who are big fans of PSG's biggest rivals, Olympique Marseille, mm-hmm. and the rivalry between those two clubs is quite intense. Anytime those two play, they get together twice a year, it can get you know it can the tension can be cut with a knife
3: could throw all the records could throw out all the records, you, all the records. <laughs> <laughs> you got the tension there high tension yep
0: so as far as mr hakimi goes this is probably unknown to american fans unless they're well versed in, in european soccer but in europe as well as in africa in latin america and in asia it is not uncommon for someone to sign a contract at 17 years of age however which is when he signed his first contract with his first team, Real Madrid, as he is a product of their sports academy. Now, most people have to understand soccer players; they don't come out of college. They're not drafted out of college in Europe or in uh, in Latin America or in Africa or in, or in Asia. No, or Australasia for that matter. Come out of sports academies that are sponsored directly or under under direct control of a certain soccer that's professional soccer team, or they are created by a former player and they have some sort of relation working relationship with that particular team.
2: Yeah. And some uh, of these l- kids. Sorry I interrupt. Uh, some of the MLS, uh, the MLS clubs are trying to do the same thing over here in the States with the major league soccer. New York Red Bulls has an academy. I know that Atlanta has an academy. All the, mm-hmm. all the teams have soccer academies are trying to do this. They're trying to emulate the same type of model as they do. in with European clubs and African clubs and Asian clubs. So yeah. yeah it
3: wasn't I think I think in um M- N- MLS way back wasn't Freddie Adu signed when he was very young yep. back in
2: DC, the day I think. Yep, yeah. D- DC United signed him to a big contract when he was I think 16 or 17.
3: Yeah. And and the MLB teams, they also do the same thing with some of their younger players. They go into and some of these uh Latin American players have contracts with teams at quite young ages, so. Yep.
0: But here's the thing about that. Uh, first of all, when they most of these guys usually come out of. Hey, what's going on, Cold Sports? <laughs> with, with a Z. I said it wrong. I Cold Sports. There
1: we go. <laughs> well.
0: Mr. Hakimi himself is a pro- who was born in, in Madrid, Spain, but grew up in the small town of Getafe, which is about eight miles south of Madrid. Mm-hmm. Attended there, attended the academy that was sponsored by Real Madrid, Real Madrid Casilla. He he was recruited like around 13, 14. That's how young they are recruited to these academies, and they stay there until they're 17, 18 years of years of age, or until the year they turn 18. By then they will be acquired, they will be direct, they will be approached by agents, sports agents or, rep or scouts from other teams who are interested in signing them. In his case, the problem is, is that well, technically speaking, a 17-year-old cannot sign a contract nowhere. None of these, in, in neither continent, no, no country can sign a, a 17-year-old legally. In order for a 17-year-old, when they begin their, their careers, to sign a contract, they need to have their legal guardians with them. So whenever, he, so when he first approached him when he was 17, he had to get written permission from Mr. Hakimi's father, Hassan Hakimi, not his mother, his parents who are still, who were still married and together for 25 plus years. His father has the final say. So when he signed his first contract, he had to get an agent that agent had declared, had to get permission from Mr. Hakimi's father. And then when he and then when he negotiated his first contract with Real Madrid, his first club, he had to present it to not only the young man but also to his father, who had to look it over, mm-hmm. along with his parents. But they also but since they're working class, and they're not well versed in the law, they I'm sure they had to talk to a lawyer, accountant, or someone they know within their circle, or their community, who can help them out figure this the stuff out and see if this right. is legit. However, the other thing that also, in, in, uh, another requirement is the young man needs to have a bank account, but, and Ryan, judging by that smile on your face, you know, exactly where I'm going with this.
1: <laughs>
0: He's he still technically 17 at the, at the time. This was in the summer of 2016. He would not, he would not turn 18 until November of that year. So an account had to be opened on his behalf by his parents and under right. the advisement of the agent, the accountant or whoever, it was decided that the account would be opened under his mother's name. And this is my theory, basically, although I could be proven wrong, but most likely it was opened under his mother's name. If it was under his father, it may have been subject to taxation. However, even if it's written under his, it's, even if it's opened under his mother's name, his father still has to co-sign. Right. As they are both his legal right. guardians, right? So the arrangement has been set up ever since he he started his professional career back in the summer of tw- back in the fall of 2016. He did two years with Real, with Real Madrid, and then in 2018, 2019, they loaned him out to 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 the German club Borussia Dortmund. Yep, he did great over there.
2: I th- well, it might have been a teammate of
0: Christian Pulisic. From
2: the
0: Chelsea, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. He did go to Chelsea, but you know, things don't always work out.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm a man United am a Manchester United fan myself, so I'm not very fond of Chelsea, but it is what it is. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so after his after his time with you, you know, with the uh, was over, he excuse me. I'm on my tablet. He signed a second. He found his second contract, which was with uh, international giants, with Italian giants Inter Milan, which was twenty nineteen. Yeah, in twenty twenty, for forty million euros, with five with plus five million in, in-, in incentives. So that's up to four. He could he could have made a potential forty five million total. Mm-hmm. And this is the year full last. So no, and around that time, that's when he in 2018 is when he met his wife, who is a actress in her own right.
2: Before you get to that, mention how old this this uh this this young lady is.
0: His wife, whose name is Heba Abuk, is an actress. Mm-hmm. Currently, she is 36 years old while he is 24. They met now they met in
2: 2018 when oh,
0: he, was wow. he was about 19, 19 going on 20. He was about to turn. He would not turn 20 until November because he was born in November of 98. Wow. He was 19. That. They met at a photo shoot apparently for Vogue. And this is during his stint at Borussia Dortmund. Mm-hmm. They kept they kept the relationship quiet. Well, actually, went public with it. They married a in secret in twenty twenty around the time he signed his contract deal with in secret.
3: That's a Johnson.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
3: that's one of the top audience engagements we've ever had on this show. I'll tell you that he's the <laughs> Zach, Zach Wilson of uh,
1: European <laughs> soccer. <laughs>
0: I don't know if we could say Kruger. I think technically she would be considered a Puma, but that's We're not the hero there. That's not the hero there, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but said, they met when he was 19, she was 31. She herself is a, a second-generation Spanish national, but however, her family are originally from Tunisia, although her father, her late father, is of Libyan descent. Libyan descent, excuse me. Anyway, they met in... 2018 like I said while he was at Borussia Dortmund and then they married around the same time He signed his 40 million dollar deal with Inter Milan the Italian big Giants Opposite of my rivals t- of my favorite team and their rivals AC Milan Don't get me started on that rivalry
1: <laughs>
0: It was around that time they had their first child And then after and in and while at Inter Milan, he helped the club win Yes
2: Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going.
0: Keep going. <laughs> I thought you wanted to say something. Excuse me.
2: No, no, no. Tag along that, is uh, being destructive, so I'll be right back. <laughs> <all> right. <laughs> you keep Absolutely. going. i have my headphones on.
0: So anyway, what happened was they married around the same time he signed his $40 million deal with Inter Milan in 2020. And in the 2020-21 season, he helped them win the Scudetta, which is the league title. And from there, he caught the attention of two clubs one was chelsea fc in london the other is the team he's currently with Paris Saint-Germain in france now unfortunately people don't know this thing about contract how contracts work in, in soccer you can actually sign a player who's still under contract with another team depending on how many years are left on the contract you have to buy them out And then pay an additional fee as compensation to the other team, but that depends on if the player in question and the team are willing to do business. Both so in the summer of 2021, both Chelsea and Paris Saint-Germain really wanted to acquire this young man, Mm. and so considering that you're going to lose a guy who you 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 promised to pay 40 million euros for for five years and you still have 38 32 million left to pay him considering he has only four years left on his contract so they had so they had to pull out some big checks just to acquire this man and unfortunately psg outbid chelsea of course chelsea was hoping to acquire him simply because they have another Moroccan, his teammate, who was also part of that Moroccan team in 2022, Hakim Ziyech, who is a winger who plays on the, right, on, the on the right side of the attack or midfield. And Paraguay Hakimi are a terror for any team on that side. But unfortunately, Chelsea could not match PSG when they offered 58 million in, 58 million euros in transfer fees to acquire this young man. So PSG wins. And Hakimi ends up signing a 60 million euro five year deal in the summer of 2021 with PSG. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, 20. 2020. Oh, yeah, 20. No, 2021, sorry. 2020. 2021, sorry. In 2021, that's when they signed the contract season. So 60 million euros with an additional 11 million. Potentially, if he completes any add-ons like certain um, milestones he makes, so we're looking at twelve million a year, and an additional two point two for any benchmarks he met, he hits. Unfortunately, a lot of people did not know his financial status at the time, not even his own wife, because, like I said, throughout the whole time he was playing. His finances, 80% of all of his earnings went to bank accounts that were under his mother's name. All properties he has purchased are under his mother's name. Hmm. And this was, and this is a decision, that his parents obviously made because they realized, well, first of all, even though he got married at 21, now, even though he got married at 21, 22 and became a father around the same time. This is our son. We know how young players can, how young men can get when they get a lot of money. They can get a little mature. So, for yep. safe keepings, we have to maintain this financial arrangement, and it will be securing for his own children, as he has two young boys. is with his ex-wife now, mm-hmm. and his ex-wife is, you know, no slouch herself. She's an accomplished actress, right? She's, she's known on Spanish television. She's mostly known for her involvement in Spanish films and Spanish television. So, apparently, you know, when, like I said, when the story broke of him having this allegation of abuse in 2022, I mean, tw- this year, this February, excuse me, it only exacerbated whatever strange was in his, in his marriage. And I don't, and honestly, I don't blame his wife for. Decided to proceed with divorce proceedings. You know, you just stepped out of the marriage, you did something you weren't supposed to do, and you have two sons. But at the same time, I don't blame his family for being insistent that his fortune would remain under their control until he's old enough and mature enough to handle it himself. I mean even though his and his even though it's under his mother's name like I said his father still has to co-sign everything as he is the head of the household. Right. His mother if asked she will defer everything to his father. That is part of their culture. That's part of their upbringing the parents that is.
2: That that was my next question is it, is it a cultural thing or is it just an immaturity thing but it sounds like it's definitely a culture thing.
0: But the father, you know, he realizes his son is successful, but it was primarily just to keep tabs on the, fa- just to make sure he will not act a fool with his with his earnings.
2: So he's like a ball, but with an actual like actually being responsible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely, you know, it's under your mother's name, although your father has to co-sign on this because he has the head of the household and wants him. And his father. People forget yeah everybody praises his mother but his father is the one who needs to be praised as, as just as much although in their in, in their culture the fathers usually pr- pr- praised behind closed doors because fathers have to be stoic humble about everything yep. and i'm sure his father still works to this day
2: yeah and this Even is though a, a, this is a this is a muslim culture i suspect correct
0: they are moroccans they are from morocco they are muslim. okay his immigrated to spain in, in the nine in the mid 90s and yeah, they had, and had him is, in his,
2: and this is not to cast aspersions on any culture or anything like that i just wanted to be i just wanted to be certain because they just
0: i'd, I'd rather get oh, it that's un- <laughs> it's understandable you would see the same thing with certain christian families from other parts of the world who immigrate to western europe
2: yep absolutely
0: i mean my parents my parents especially mm-hmm. my father being the also redwinner of the family he has he has the final say on everything and if i if I were to be in Mr. Hakimi's shoes, my father would be adamant, keep the money under your mother's name
1: mm-hmm.
0: until you prove that you are mature enough to handle this. Mm-hmm. And I'd be, and I have, and as much as I would like to argue with him about it, I realize he has a point point. Yep. and it's proven in this case that it's, it was a smart thing to do. And I would tell you all... And this is not the only person who does this. Any 17-year-old, when they sign their first professional contract, they have to have everything under the parent's name until they turn 18 or until they prove they're mature enough to handle their own fortunes. Right. And I would not be surprised if prior to this case or even after this case, you start seeing more and more professional athletes putting their own personal properties under their parents' names, especially under the names of their mothers.
2: Right
3: yeah i mean this could I, set a precedent because he's he's skating away pretty good from this whole thing if i understand it right yeah
0: well in accordance with with muslim tradition i I would not be surprised if they had to because you know there's a thing called a maher a lot of people don't know now i am not a muslim but i do have muslim relatives and i'm familiar with the muslim culture mm-hmm. there's something called a mahar, it's basically a dowry However, in non-Muslim cu- cultures there's also the people who have to, you know, understand that when you arrange a marriage there has to be a dowry which is a bride price. Right. So I would not be surprised if when he married her despite his parents' reluctance to accept it they had to provide her with a maher, her family with a mahar or a bride price for her hand in marriage. i mm-hmm. I'm not sure but I would not be surprised either way.
2: So is that similar? It sounds like similar to a prenuptial agreement. But I, I guess I'm, I'm not going to speculate.
0: No, no, but it's something different, you know, the dowries, because um, anybody who studied anthropology would understand that a dowry was more like a like a security bond mm-hmm. of sorts, especially like if you are acquiring a woman, uh, if you are acquiring a woman as a spouse for one of your children that security bonds to make sure that you know she is up to snuff and especially because you know if she is a virgin then then it is what it is mm-hmm. if it's been disproven that not or there's something wrong she has to return home to her family and the dowry has to be repaid and that's why some families have to make sure that and this is not just in the Muslim culture and also other, sort of co- other cultures they have the, they have the sense of a dowry sometimes it goes the other way around where a dowry is paid from the Ride's family to the husband's family. For example, in India, among the Hindus. Yep. Uh, anthropo- I bet there's an anthropological explanation for that, but we're not going to go into that. This is a sports show, non-anthropological. Anthropology show. <laughs> well, I
2: mean, we could we could go with the tag, the, the best sports and anthropology show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, Dr. John Deloney's show is Deloney
2: the best mental health and architecture podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> who
3: could add to it? Who knows? We could be adding, to. we could be picking up a whole new market.
2: I know, know right?
0: <laughs> My father's a civil engineer. My dad would have been a great, a great reoccurring guest with him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that
0: would, oh, I would, oh, I would have been embarrassed, you know. You know our parents like to embarrass their sons. The case. <laughs> yeah. But we all know that. We all know that. But that is the case in a nutshell, folks. One man basically had to protect his assets. And it wasn't because of his own ideas. It's not even his mother's idea. His mother just went along with it as this was advised to her and her husband, as this was advised to them by an attorney, an accountant, or their son's, you know, sports agents. And it makes perfect sense because to put everything on your parent, your mother's name, especially in the year 2016, 2017, where Spanish, where Spanish football, or especially Spanish soccer, was marred, by, was marred by certain cases, like great soccer players like Lionel Messi and Neymar, who were playing for Barcelona at the time. Both of them found themselves in court cases in, regarding tax evasion and tax ir- irregularities. Rival team Real Madrid saw some a few of their players. Implicated in certain tax evasion cases as well, for example, Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, fortunately for Mr. Messi, although he was convicted, they reduced his uh, jail sentence to a fine. But this reflects a lot of things that were going on in Spain, both athletically, professionally, but also economically. Uh, Spain was still going through an economic crisis, similar to what was going on in neighboring Portugal, in Italy and in Greece. And these economic crises were affecting and being dealt with differently from each country to country within the European Union. Mm -hmm. So that's the case in a nutshell. And for it to be a precedent, I would not be surprised whatsoever. But then again, I'm pretty sure that there are certain athletes who already have this type of arrangement. In accordance to the snowman, would say CYA. Cover your <laughs> <laughs> well
2: we got some ads in the chat from uh Cole Sports as the uh as we go. So this is a tribute to uh sick diggy here. So let me start off with this one. <clears throat> this sick diggy appearance on No Credentials Required is brought to you by Ben Simmons Detection. When a certain NBA player triggers an ambler alert, trust and Ben Simmons detection. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm greatly honored.
2: <laughs> and he also wanted to say, this segment is brought to you by... Actually, Dustin, why don't you read this one?
3: This segment is brought to you by Save Your Money VPN. When you need to save all your money, hard.
0: <laughs> I, love you. I love you. Oh, that reminds me. That reminds me. Cole, you're going to love this, but unfortunately, but... um. <clears throat> Amber Alert! <laughs> ben Simmons was just seen outside a Yankee Stadium getting pelted with bottle caps and broken bottles and beer bottles after he was caught wearing a New York Mets cap accidentally. Along with a Boston Red Sox jacket. Talk about a fashion plate gone wrong. Somebody call the fashion police.
3: That's a, that's a faux pas. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, the colors don't even match.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's fashion mm-hmm. backwards.
0: <laughs> it could have right. been worse. I mean, it could have been worse. Imagine you walking around the streets of Pittsburgh wearing a Philadelphia Flyers jersey. There Eagles jersey.
2: That wouldn't go well. No, that would not go
0: in downtown Philly.
2: Actually, uh, Cole did post a question in the chat in the uh, comment section. He says, "My question for Sick is this: How huge is a certain country's soccer league in other countries around Europe? So, you, know, you talked about the, the La Liga and Serie A and the Premier League and and the uh, French League Un. How big? How huge? Is, how huge are these leagues?" <sighs>
0: Since the 90s, well, since the 90s especially, these leagues have been very huge, especially once they started securing major broadcasting deals. Mm-hmm. And it's around, the, it's just like, you know, we talk about how big, how big, uh, you know, the NBA got in the 90s, especially with guys like Jordan, where you started seeing players getting multi-million dollar deals and whatnot. Kind of money that players in the 80s didn't see. In, in Europe the major leagues first of all are tier 1 tier 2 tier, the, the top ones first of all are the british uh, the english premier league yep followed by spanish la liga primera division the german bundesliga is also pretty big yep. along with france league U, italy serie a portugal's premier division premier division as well as the Netherlands. These are the, these are like the major leagues in all of Western Europe. Other leagues like the Swiss, Belgian, and of course, the Turkish league is also starting to make make headways and, and coming into prominence. They're usually second tier, but the huge impact that, or the influence a lot of these teams have is why I mean the the broadcast excuse me hang on. Yep. Yeah, still getting, I'm on my tablet and getting pop-ups from uh Discord. Oh,
2: that's but, probably I'm probably I was probably one of them. I was on eight Pizzles group. No, I'm hey, I'm live.
1: <laughs>
0: so still trying to do, trying to figure out some of the settings on on my Discord on my tablet. But these 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 leagues have been have just gotten bigger since the 90s especially when they got especially in the case of england when the premier league started to distance itself from the rest of fa and became especially when it was under sponsorship by barclays bank it's only until it's in barclays to deal with with the premier league was only until 20 until 2018 2017 2018 that's when the league became independent of itself other leagues who've been struggling like uh league uh, they've had to g- incorporate a sponsor or so but broadcasting deals is where the money is for most of these leagues since these are the most watched leagues of all time of of all of europe and over the world major players from south america wanna are trying to are thinking if they need to make an impact it's to secure a place in some of these leagues but you also have kids coming out of i'm sorry can you all hear me okay yeah Okay, it's Ryan. It's uh, you know I can't hear Ryan for some reason.
3: Oh yeah, right. Uh, are you muted, maybe? Still, I still. Now, this is live, folks. This is live, <laughs> live and on
0: the fly. But anyway. How huge these leagues are can, is reflected on how popular they are, not just in Europe but overseas. Oh, I fixed it. Major. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Well like I said, these these leagues have been only expanded ever since, especially in the case of the especially the English Premier League and the Spanish Premier and Spanish La Liga. These two have, you know, homes of some of the largest teams, most popular teams and they garner huge fandom throughout africa the middle east latin america and in asia so in, uh, imagine the reach that some of these clubs have and some of these clubs despite having their own uh football academies they have a network of academies that they are so they have affiliation with in other countries in other, on other continents so as much as, you know, if they're interested in signing prospects to these academies, it's not that hard for them as they all have scouts and some of the, and some of them, um, in fact, another, uh, I kind of lost my thought here for a moment, but, um, what I can say is like, you know, the only, uh, continent where football has also such a huge impact is South America accountable compared to UEFA. UEFA is is Europe's uh, governing body of soccer, but Comnebol is South America's governing body. And their major tournaments for professional leagues, like the Copa Libertadores and the Copa Sudamericana, does rival in scope, but does not have the reach like UEFA's Champions League and Europa Leagues, respectively. Mm -hmm. But still... But still a lot of players coming out of these East South American leagues do find their way into being signed by European leagues and the impact is sudden. Mm-hmm. As it is proven that, you know, Europe is where all the money is where the money is, first and foremost. Yep. Although you're starting to see um Certain players are trying to, you know, trying to expand eastward, heading towards the Middle East. In the case of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in Saudi Arabia right now with Al-Nasser, mm-hmm. uh, certain players have uh, tried to, after leaving Europe, tried to go to the MLS and try to raise its profile. I mean, David Beckham before you had Wayne Rooney do the same thing. You had guys like Andrea Pirlo from Italy. You had um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Frank-, Frank Lampard. Yeah, that's Frankie. Wait, are you a Chelsea supporter, Brian? Or no, Rampard? I didn't, no, I
2: I was a Red Bull supporter for a couple seasons, and they had a bit. They have a big rivalry with uh, NYCFC, and I remember in the beginning well, when NYCFC came on board, they would sign. They signed Pirlo, and they signed uh, Frankie Lampard. So that's how I yeah, know.
0: If a, they also signed uh, Kaka as well. Yep. We're gonna uh, Kaka as well. Yeah, so I, think I mean,
2: w, I think I think they remember also David Silva.
0: If I'm not mistaken, dad, David I'm sure he wear it sometimes.
2: Yep, because because Red Bull, Red Bulls had uh, uh, Thierry Henry. They had uh, uh, Bradley Wright Phillips uh, for a spell uh, for a couple of years, and he was he's actually I think he's still the number one goal scorer in Red Bull's history. If I'm not mistaken,
0: mm-hmm. there's a shame when Henry left, left, left the Arsenal, however, for a lot of people. When he went to Barcelona, he did achieve great success. And then he decided to retire in New York. Mm-hmm. But since his retirement, he's been involved, but a lot of them find their way into broadcasting. Right. As well as also in coaching. I mean, I remember, was it, uh, Monsieur Henry, before he went to, uh, broadcasting, he was one of the assistant staff of Mr. Uh, of, uh, one, uh, Mart- Mr. Martinez, who's the current coach of the Belgian national team.
1: Right.
2: right, and, and Patrick Vieira was the first head coach of uh, NYCFC.
0: Ah, yes, Patrick Vieira, <laughs> Frenchman of Senegalese descent. Yep, he was part of the team that won the '98 World Cup, and that, and they, he they thought with that team that could bring unity to France and end all the racial tensions. Is if only that were true. Yeah, right. But, right. But, it, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So if there's any questions about soccer, I'll be more than happy to try to answer.
2: Yeah, absolutely. i definitely have to have you back on first. If we, if we do soccer summits in the future, we'll definitely have to have you back on. Uh, Cole oh, yeah. says, I find the cross-pollination of all these soccer leagues fascinating. It is, it is very fascinating. I mean, I mean, it's it's cream. Cash rules everything around me when it comes to European soccer. So you got a lot of big clubs dishing out that money, like Man, Man United, Chelsea,
1: uh, Bayern Munich.
2: They mm-hmm. shell out that money to bring in the big players, and it works. It works, is it? Because really, it's no salary cap when it comes to FIFA,
0: or uh, or UEFA. Problem that has been the biggest problem, especially when we got new new uh, owners for certain clubs. For example, PSG they were owned by members of the of the Qatari by sub subsidiary of the Qatari uh, welfare fund, and that's where all the big money came came from. This is back in 2011. Right. Of course, the, of course, neighboring Saudi Arabia's welfare fund—they there's a subsidiary of theirs—was able to acquire Newcastle United. Yep. While back, yep. and of course, a lot of a lot of Newcastle supporters were just like not understanding how politics and sports and and soft power and sports washing come about. Did not understand that. Yes, St James's Park, which is the name of their stadium. Newcastle United they had new owners which means there's going to be an injection of cash and funds but just cuz you have, just cuz that worked for Chelsea in 2004 when they were acquired by a Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich may not be for everybody else you saw this with uh you saw this when um uh can, one can of I, the uh, can I make a comparison oh, go ahead.
2: Can I make a comparison? Yes. Um, I I would think a comparison to Daniel Snyder of the Washington, insert name here, yeah. when, he would, when he would bring in big free agents and they would flop. Like, they would yeah. get their money and then they would just, they didn't, they didn't live up to the expectations. I'm looking at you, Painsworth.
0: I, it-
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I believe it was the 2000-2001 uh, season in particular. We had, was it? Uh, Ronnie, say Marty Schottenheimer or something like that Murray was his Schotten- name, I
2: think. Marty Schottenheimer was the head coach. Yep.
0: Yeah. Was a coach. He rested. And against. I remember.
1: Yeah.
0: He was, I remember watching us on Sports Center, where the where the sport football analysts were together and just saying, "Money does not buy chemistry."
3: Nope. Yep. And uh, that's true. Although I will say, for Marty, in that season. They went zero five, and then they won their next five games, you know, or whatever. They, like they, they finished eight and eight that season. So he he did manage to have a modicum of success, which we've which we've found out is uh, nearly impossible with Dan Snyder um, running things.
2: And now but he well, won't. Be a, and and reportedly, he's not going to be the owner anymore. As he's he's selling to a group that is headed by David Harris and Magic Johnson.
3: Yeah, yeah, which uh, that's. Yeah. It. That's a joyous day for football. You don't you don't want to uh, disparage anybody, but uh, Dan Snyder, it's open season. He's a piece of garbage.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and Washington fans everywhere were doing the praise dance with like with, like with Cole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, Josh Harris. Josh,
0: Harris. if we could play that clip right now, that would be great.
2: I don't have that clip, unfortunately, but I'll I'll try to find. I'll try to have him to share it with me someday. <laughs>
0: Well, unfortunately, I will say like, you know, unfortunately there is, um, fortunately, you know, the governing bodies of each country in Europe, as well as UEFA and the governments of these countries do have financial laws that enforce them that keep everybody in check. Unfortunately, in, in Spain, with the economic crisis and everything, it didn't work. It didn't, it wasn't effective as people thought, especially when a couple of club, a couple of teams went bankrupt. And players at one point were just so upset they just went on strike in the middle of the season because they hadn't been paid in months. Um, in Germany, it's more robust. In France, they've had their they've had issues where they've had scandals, this, that, and the third, especially financial ones and bribery. Italy, especially in particular, in 2006 when they won the World Cup, the Italian league during the 2006 season was marred by scandal because it because apparently the club presidents. Was basically like the GM, a very club. And club owners have been involved, the, the top teams were involved in some type of match, match fixing, which saw, Juventus, which saw Juventus FC, the biggest club in Turin. I remember
2: that. I remember that scandal. Yep.
0: Who won the Scudetta, they found themselves demoted to Serie B as a result. Yep, AC Milan, my favorite team I support, were found also complicit in for their part in the scandal. They were told that they were going to start the season with fifteen points in the, in the negative. And I'll explain points system, the point thing, to in another for another time for other players, for other for other listeners. because yep, I'm sure. I can, I, doing,
2: I, I can sort of sum it up. It, it's it's two points for a win, one point for a draw, and the three the. Oh, three points for a win and one point for a draw. Okay.
0: And then
2: for every, and then the table depends on, you're, you're standing in the table depends on how many points you have.
0: Points you have, and if teams are equal in points, then they have to decide by goal difference, how many goals you've scored overall in the season compared to how many you've, you've conceded. Yep. So Milan had to start at the bottom of, of the following season, minus 15. Mm-hmm. So, you know, although Juventus, you know, they they bounced back. They got themselves promoted the following season to Serie A, and then they reclaimed their title. Although most of the players from that team had to leave because most of them had to be released because you know, along with being demoted, they also had to pay a hefty fine, which means a lot of these players had to be sold off to other teams to keep the to keep the club afloat. Right. Right. But this is very, but this is very fascinating, and we're getting in too deep. We're getting deep in the weeds, and I've been taking too much of your time. I apologize. For that.
2: No, thank you, I, uh, thank you for thank you for joining us. We do appreciate yeah. it and and explaining all the nuances of this uh, of of European soccer and also this uh, this big divorce
0: um, scandal story,
2: scandal story, yeah. whichever you want to call it. Yeah.
0: But I don't think it's about the case, however, the divorce case is over, if I understand. However. He's I, I'm not sure if the rape allocation he's still facing right now is if the investigation is complete or whatever. That would have to be found out in the, but in the meantime, he's been told that he is to he can travel and remain in France and play with the team. But he's not He's he's got a restraining order of some sort against him.
2: Uh, no, it's, a, it's, only- a, it's probably a no flight, uh, no flight restriction. Mm hmm. Like uh no
0: he can he can fly but he can he can he can. I out of
2: the country out of France.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, we can travel unless, as for example, if France has like uh, if PSG for example have to go out of the country to another country in Europe for a inter for a uh, European tournament or something like that, he's allowed to okay. go on unless they have prior reason probable cause. Oh, okay, but Got still you. we'll see. Okay. Like we thank you though, for, right now. Yeah,
2: well, we <laughs> thank you for joining us, man. We do appreciate you joining us on the, yeah. on the Saturday Brunch Edition. This is very educational, and we're looking forward to uh broad. We're looking forward to expanding our brand to not only sports but also uh, anthropology. So, thank you for. Th- <laughs> we want to thank you for that as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> so we have to. As much as we are our sports fans, unfortunately, a lot of people are not financially literate. And I'm not well versed in the financial aspect and the business aspect of the game.
2: Oh, we got we got so one we more to... ad read. For, we got one more ad read before you before you take off, Sick. So just from from Cole. <clears throat> hey, soccer hey, hey. Update, this soccer update has brought brought let me start over. This soccer update has been brought to you by Puma Lip Balm. Puma Lip Balm. No mo Chip Chip and Chap Chip. <laughs>
0: Oh man. And the funny thing is, I don't own any Kuma LG. Never in my life, <laughs> uh, uh, but i will all That's fine. if you want me to stick around, I'll be really happy to we can discuss yeah. some more of this.
2: Yeah, we, we're we're, t- we're gonna talk some Major League Baseball and some uh, NFL gambling suspensions, but uh, before we go ahead and transition over to that, we just wanna be we just wanna let you know that we are brought to you by Mahler Brothers Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but when it comes, it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Brothers Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Brothers Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Brothers Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for for those who want a more subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Go to Mahlerbroth.com. That's M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com. Use promo code BellyUp at checkout for 15% off your order. That's Mahler Brothers M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S dot Again, use promo code BellyUp at checkout for 15% off your order. I could have used some last night when I was hitting the when I was hitting golf balls at the driving range. I got a new I got a new set of golf clubs back in October of 2021. And this is only my third time hitting with them, and I did poor.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: so I could have used I could have used the Mahler Brothers Golf Polo to keep myself cool while I was under pressure.
3: Well, yeah, and when you look good, you play good. No. <laughs> thank, thank you,
2: thank you, thank you, thank you, Prime Time. So go ahead and, to Mahler Brothers Golf. That's M A H L E R B R O S dot com. Promo code Belly Up for fifteen percent off your order. So let's go ahead and dig into some Major League Baseball news. And we're going to start off with the Oakland A's. An ownership announcing this week that has a potential land sale in Las Vegas. So they have, and I, they have made their motivations clear that they are going to move the team from Oakland to Las Vegas. This will be the third franchise that has left the Oakland area over the last decade. Dustin, uh, we talked, about, we had the Eric Arditi from Barstool Sports this week, who we talked about the reverse protest. With the Oakland A's fans happening on June 13th, well, I guess the no credentials required curse has come to be because they announced they're probably leaving the Oakland area, starting next, probably within the next year or so. They're building a stadium in downtown Las Vegas. What's your what's your uh, what's your opinion about this story? When I
3: when I first saw this, um, I saw it yesterday on ESPN while I was at work on my lunch break, um, Mm -hmm. and. I was just really bummed out. You know, honestly, that was my first and and no disrespect to Vegas here. No disrespect intended at all. But it just it was it was so transparent. You know, when we had Eric on, I said that when he was explaining the situation and we were talking about it, um, I said that it reminded me of Clay Bennett and his purchase of the Sonics. And he kept saying he Mm -hmm. wanted to keep the, the Sonics in Seattle when it was clear that his intentions were not to keep the Sonics in Seattle. And it just feels, you know, it feels the same way. Like I, I get very frustrated sometimes with these owners who complain that they need new stadiums. And then they, and then they expect the fan base to pay for it. The taxpayers. Um, Mm -hmm. I think if, if, if you want a stadium that bad you should at least be ponying up a hefty percentage as a person that has a ton of money and you have a built-in revenue source you know exactly you have, a, you have a built-in revenue source and these these guys like to sit here these these owners they like to sit here and they like to say well we just couldn't build a modern facility in oakland we just couldn't do it so so we're going to move the team to vegas now you you wanted you wanted to move the team You wanted to move the team. You didn't want to make it work in Oakland. And it's just unfortunate for a fan base. Um, That fan base is going to get a bad rap. They're going to say that fans didn't support the team. And that's not the case. That's a lie. The the team has had, the team has had success. They've had recent success as we've detailed in, uh, on previous, previous shows, especially the one with Eric um, last, last week or earlier in the week, rather it, It just really bums me out, and you know what? I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a uh, now. Now we should clarify: the deal is not official. It's not official yet, but it it, it's probably going to happen. Um, It's very,
2: it's very similar to the Cleveland Browns and Art Modell back in the nineties. Yeah, very similar. Yep, he came
3: in. He swore he was going to keep the team there, but you really knew all along that he didn't that he didn't want you know it it just is uh, I mean I feel I just feel bad for Oakland fans and no disrespect to Vegas like obviously they've supported the Golden Knights the Raiders I mean the Raiders have support everywhere um, I think it's mostly because they're low their their colors everybody likes the silver and black so yeah uh, but um you know, Vegas fans will come out to support this team. And I, I almost mm-hmm. hope that if this move does happen, that they change the name of the team and they, they similar to the Sonics, they allow Oakland to keep the A's. And I know, I know the A's moved from Kansas city back in the day. I know, I know that. And um, Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Philadelphia. I forgot. About started that. in Philadelphia. Yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot about that uh, chapter. But this just bums me out to see the fans taking the blame and another owner claiming that they couldn't build a modern stadium. They didn't want to make it work. I'm sorry. But if you wanted to make it work, you have the financial resources to make it work.
2: Yeah. I mean, for me, my opinion on stadiums has on, on building stadiums has evolved oh, Well, as a politician. I'm trying to. I'm being as politi- as, politi- as, politic- as politic as possible when I, when I say my, my opinion. <laughs> What's that? You stick? mean diplomatic? Dipl- yeah. Dipl-
1: diplomatic, yeah,
2: diplomatic, yeah, exactly. Uh, I used to think, hey, you know, if you want to keep your stadium, if you want to keep your team, the city should be responsible for building a stadium. But with the mm. amount of money that's being shelled out by for television contracts, both local and national to yeah. the to the leagues to these leagues like the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, the league should have some sort of responsibility should have a little bit of responsibility, if not most of the responsibility, to make sure that these stadiums are financed. And they should they should at least pay for three mm-hmm. half to three quarters. And if the if they want public support, yeah they'd be willing to meet them somewhere in the middle or somewhere does it doesn't cost as much for these cities to build a stadium. But the burden of the cost should be coming from the leagues, should not be coming from the taxpayers.
0: Yeah. If I may. Absolutely. If I may. Well, my thing is like, you know, yes, I would agree with both of you on this one that, yes, they should put the bill for the construction of their own stadium. My question is, where are you going to put the new facilities? And if it's going to be in an area, where can you locate it? And considering that, in the case of the Oakland Athletics, California, what do we know about California state uh, state permit laws and construction laws and codes and health codes and whatnot? We don't know what those are.
2: They're so, so I, can give you, I can give you a hint. They're regulated to the, the like the very last iota. <laughs> That's California. If you don't, if you follow politics in California, and you know it's going to be heavily regulated with environmental regulations, code regulations, that kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Every regulator, but not really going to be enforced but still if they're going to if they're going to be you know build a, a new facility or a new stadium it should be in an area where it's logistic where you know it's going to be logistically it's going to be logical and i mean from a logistical as well as for a uh cost of investi- cost effective of uh standpoint mm-hmm. i mean Anybody who's a constr- anybody who, who knows the construction business well, engineers, also those who understand civil planning and everything, have to understand that if you're going to build a stadium here, you're going to need to have to build a road network and everything that goes with it, any training facilities somewhere like that. But where is that going to be located, and can the fans access that area easily? So from what I I've seen- found like better- but these are things that need to be considered. Now, were all these considered, or did, they, or did the owners make their minds up, like Dustin said, on on moving to Las Vegas? Now, my question is, will they have the same? Will they have the same uh, support in Vegas like they do have in in Oakland? It's a
2: great question, and I suspect, and I suppose, the new stadium. In Las Vegas is going to be around the same area as Allegiant Stadium and T-Mobile Arena, because with what what the city of Philadelphia did, and this was Mm -hmm. brilliant on their oh yeah, give full props to Philadelphia. They have Citizens Bank Park, Wells Fargo Arena, Mm -hmm. and the and the Link. They all have it in one central area, one central block of Philadelphia, and that's the smartest thing because it's all it's it's because they I I believe they all share the parking revenue. Uh, for all their for all their games uh that are in the area but that's a brilliant plan you you put all three stadiums in the same general block and there's not as much road traffic for for games unless unless they have a unless they have a sunday night game uh in late in the season or uh the the, you know, the, the phillies and the eagles have a game on the same day or mm-hmm. The flyers and the 76ers or the uh, 76ers and another team have a game on the same day, but it's, but they, they try to stagger, the, stagger those times out. So it doesn't conflict and there's not as much traffic going in and out. Um, but I guess, I guess the same, it's the same thing for, for Vegas where they have Allegiant stadium, this new ballpark and T-Mobile arena all in the same, uh, all in the same general area.
0: If I can say something, I've seen this go on in soccer. Like in some cases, like, um, Soccer fans, they don't want to avoid like, you know, when rival uh, opposing teams, fans don't interact with one another for safety. Mm -hmm. So to limit traffic, sometimes what they do is like uh, fans, uh, you know, those who are members of a, of a, of a fan club, they will organize among themselves to have like a big bus to help them transport them all to that particular stadium, which saves time. And, and, you know, and traffic for them, so when they get to the, the, they get there on time with their tickets, so they don't have to worry about carpool parking, carpooling and whatnot, so they can get there safely and out and get in, get out. Nobody gets hurt. Of course, you know, certain ticket ticket stands are going to be for one for one team's supporters. Ticket stands for another. The other t- other ticket stands are going to be for the other side team. So you don't have to worry about any scuffles or anything like that in Right. safe in you know soccer stadiums, but unfortunately, this is baseball we're talking about, so you don't have that kind of incidents at all. Right, right.
2: Uh, Cole so says, "I yeah." Cole says, "I fought,
1: I fought I hard to stay in Oakland."
2: Yeah, he fought hard to <gasps> want to stay in Oakland, but when Oakland Alameda Coliseum decided to have possums live in the crevices of the facility, they need to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> It is true. I'm
3: not saying Oakland Alameda's Coliseum is the bet you know, it it was always funny too. I, I like to watch the Raider games like back in the back in the early two thousands and late nineties and you'd see like the like uh part of the baseball infield still on the field, like during yep. the games. It was always it was a signature look. But but still I I can't um I just have a hard time believing that the owners actually wanted to keep the team there.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, he also hmm. says the A's follow bowl haircuts. It's Mark Davis's yeah. lead and use the same excuse as to why they want to leave to the same city, no less. Yeah. Uh, he also says it's somewhere similar to Stan Kroenke saying to St. Louis, Hey, we're part of the community while at the same time building SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, Inglewood always up to no good in California. <laughs> uh A's faltering in Oakland is not in the fans at all. Correct. Yes yep uh, you're the, the perfect, yep, you perfect store of wanting to be cheap on the with the roster acting as though it was a glorified triple a club and not re-signing stars with the money became an issue yep exactly yep precisely so along with that oakland has gotten the horrible rap of being extremely poor and that was the public reason why the warriors moved to san francisco saying the facilities were in the hood I, i'm not familiar with the area with the oakland area i know they're across the bay from san francisco and the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors had left to go to a brand new shunning facility in Oracle arena, uh,
0: in, in San cross Francisco. The golden, and they had to cross the golden gateway bridge to do so. Yep.
2: Uh this truly sucked because I always felt Oakland had a great tradition of rabid, passionate fans. Very true. They're mm-hmm. getting the big time middle finger for their devotion. Also true. Yeah. And he said that the city has lost the Warriors, the Raiders, and the A's all within five years of each other. Yeah, it looks like the, that it's not gonna the move's not gonna happen until 2027. But you, you never know. I mean, you never know if the city of Oakland or the state of California will come in at the last minute and say, Hey, whoa, 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 yeah, you know, we've got some land over here. Yeah, if you're willing to go, if you're willing to make a deal, uh you We'll love to keep you in town, but it sounds like uh, uh, the ownership is ready to ship on and ship out. It's very sad. Won't they have to bring
0: possums to that new stadium? <laughs> <A little>
2: poss- <laughs> sh- no, I don't know if possums are native to Nevada, so <laughs> 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 it's up to them. <laughs> So another story that's worth noting in Major League Baseball, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, we've talked about them several times on this this podcast already in this young season of uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, They did something last night that they meant to do over the past uh, couple of years, actually the past past year. Uh, They won their fifth consecutive game last night. And as a reward, they get to shave their bench coach's head. (laughs) <laughs> and i guess i was reading the story on major league baseball on mlb.com and i guess their 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 bench coach had made a declaration last year if they've won five games in a row uh they would be able to shave mm-hmm. his head they did it last year in july and they had won four games in a row and they've come close a couple times but finally last night they, they beat the reds in uh on friday night the first time they've won five games in a row since april 14th to the 20th of 2019 and as and and for their efforts uh they will shave their coaches their bench coach's head uh mike uh let's see it's uh um whose name of the coach It's just, just right here let's see nope,
1: let oh nope,
2: nope, i got it i got don kelly don kelly congratulations you're uh you're getting your head shaved as a re- as a reward uh for the players Dustin what's the uh, have you heard crazier things happen <laughs> no I know I, I don't think so I
3: not that I not that uh I can think of but I I will say whatever they've got going in Pittsburgh is is starting to work they're having a good time playing baseball yeah. you can you yeah. can clearly see that and and the the uh, the book has been out on the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Pirates um, pitching coaching staff uh, for a few years now. There's these there's these pitchers there's a there's a history of the pitchers going to Pittsburgh and kind of figuring it out there where maybe they've had some trouble in other places. So so uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates pitching uh, coaching staff staff has been doing something right similar to the Giants the San Francisco Giants have become a little bit of a place where pitchers can rebuild their their careers see Kevin Gosman last year yep. uh, and he parlayed it or a couple of years ago rather and he parlayed it into that contract with the Blue Jays but Man, the Pirates have it going, and I'm I'm excited for Pittsburgh because I can't remember the last time they were good, except for the '90s when a much smaller Barry Bonds was on that team.
2: <laughs> I think I think the the mid 2000s, 2000, from 2010 to 2000. 15 or 16 they were they were that's a that was they were a shockingly good team they went to the playoffs went to the wild card a couple of times and Cole that says, they... great my my former manager will become insufferable when i talk to her next time <laughs> apparently she's a big she's a big pittsburgh sports fan so <laughs> uh, but no it's been a few it's been a minute since the pirates have been relevant and they brought in andrew mccutcheon to be the glue guy in that locker room mitch keller is having is becoming the ace of the staff he's having a great season brian reynolds as i've mentioned in our battle of the bryans yeah he's having a really good season uh, unfortunately but it sounds like even with the with them missing o'neill Cruz, who had that really uh, yes. unfortunate break uh ankle break they're they're doing okay
3: yeah yeah. And I, and I have to raise my hand and say that I was wrong because I thought that O'Neal Cruz injury would, would go a, a, a bit towards derailing their start, but they, they haven't missed a beat. And, and what's refreshing to see is clearly they're having a good time. And it sounds like their coaching staff is coming up with uh, creative ways to keep the fun going.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we've, A couple more stories we want to relay before we take another commercial break. Uh, Major League Baseball social media, they disobeyed the first rule of the no-no yesterday. And there was a tweet that was sent out that... uh, Let's see. Let's go to that tweet. And it was was from the Chicago Mm. Cubs-Los Angeles Dodgers game. Drew Smiley was perfect through seven innings on Friday afternoon until this happened. (laughs) And I'll, uh, I'll present it to you guys in just a quick second here. Then tragedy struck in the uh, top of the eighth inning. Oh no. Little dribbler third base side to play. No, no, no. no. I'm seeing this. Oh Uh my God. Gosh. Yeah,
3: that's Wow, well, man. What a way for it to end. I had heard about
1: this.
3: Jeez. I had heard that Smiley took a no-hitter into the eighth yesterday, but I didn't see this.
2: Oh, it was a perfect game. Man. Wow. And a few minutes before, Major League Baseball their social media team tweeted out that he has a no-no through 7 innings. And Dustin, what don't you do in the middle of a no-no? You don't talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> that's why. That's why. I mean, come on. Look at
3: the pictures from all the uh, all the team all the teams over the years. Or not the pictures. The the broad past broadcast. When a pitchers when a pitcher pitching a no hitter or a perfect game, everybody is far away from him. Yep. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you don't do that. You don't do that in the middle of a perfect game, and that's that's the first, that's the cardinal rule that always gets broken. But, but here's the thing. It was funny. I was I, I I forgot which pitcher who threw a perfect game. I think it was David Cohn. who when he threw that perfect game in 1999 for the Yankees, I think he said mm-hmm. the effect of you know, people wouldn't talk. You know, my players, would, my teammates wouldn't talk to me. My teammates wouldn't talk to me. And I'm all tense. Like I, somebody would have talked to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, if you're like I don't who says I don't mind if if you talk to me during the middle of a no hitter or a perfect game but you know you just you don't yeah. very, you don't talk about it.
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a subpar maneuver by the uh social media team for the Cubs there. You, you can't tweet that kind of stuff out. You're just asking for it. Right. You know, it, it's gotten to the point where even NFL announcers will say, you know, before a, before a is going to kick an extra point, the They'll say, "I won't say it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. even they even they realize that that the jinx is a thing. You don't you don't no hitters no hitters in perfect games are like Fight club. You know first rule is you don't talk about them. What's the second rule? You don't talk about them exactly. exactly.
2: <laughs> before one more commercial, we took another commercial break. We want to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. We talked about them before in this podcast. They remain perfect at home with a walk off yesterday, but also homered in every single game they've played this year. And they actually set a Major League Baseball record recently. Th- this actually it was this past week. They had they had uh, actually tied the record for twenty straight games with a home run and counting. That's a, that's an impressive feat, in my
1: oh, mind. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. That's that's why I, that's why I said uh, when we talked about earlier in the season and it, it still sounds crazy to say that because the baseball season, we're not that far in yet. But earlier in the season, when you asked me if their win their uh, winning streak was legit, I said yes, because baseball is such a, a marathon that it's hard to keep something like that going no matter who you play. And I mean, clearly they've got something going on in the Bay. They've got something going on in Tampa Bay yet again.
2: yeah, yet again. and to remain perfect at home up until have a perfect a perfect oh here we go. Have a perfect home stand for your first month of the season is pretty impressive to me. And you know you figure for a Tampa Bay Rays team, you don't think they can hit the ball at of the park. they have they have seven batters who have at least four home runs on this team. Yandy Diaz, Brandon Lowe, Randy Rosarena, Wander Franco, Josh Lowe, Harold Ramirez, and Christian Bedencourt. They have at least, all of them have at least four home runs. You don't think of the Rays as a team that will hit it out of the park. You think you think the Rays, oh, they're small ball, they're small ball. They're yeah. going to get runs, manufacture runs on the base paths or get timely hits. This team can rake. Oh, Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I got to give myself a little pat on the shoulder because I'm not doing well in fantasy right now. My pitching is a mess. (laughs) But I did draft Randy Randy Rosarena for that reason. I thought he'd have some sneaky power. And uh, the Rays as a team, they have sneaky power.
2: Well, we're going to take one more commercial break. Um, Cole, you're banned. Forget the Rays. The Yankees and the Red Sox are joining the AL East Cellar. Good. They belong together. Cole, you're banned. Yeah, <laughs>
1: you're banished.
0: <laughs> okay, All right. okay. On behalf of Wise is Wise Hefe, what did I ever do to you, man? What did I ever do to you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do, it. Don't oh, do, that it. Don't do uh. it.
2: That is messed up.
0: Don't do it. That is messed up. That's, wrong. That's foul, man. That's foul.
2: Come do on, you want, Cole. Do, f- you want, do you want Bizarro McCarthy, McCarthy to come out, Cole? Do you want that?
0: <laughs> regarding the previous, uh, previous news regarding Mr. Don Kelly. Now they've won five in a row, and they got him to shave his head. Will they up the ante with their coach and have him – Sorry, got it. Forgot his name. Um, Derek Shelton. Will they have Derek Shelton up the ante and say, if they can go ten games in a row, he'll shave his head or shave off his beard?
2: Mm, That's a great question.
3: Yeah, maybe. Or does Don Kelly go crazy and be like, "Hey, look, ten games, we're shaving my back." Yeah, we don't, don't have a hair situation. Right, right. But but gonna- hey, maybe he can use Manscaped. One of a they've been a sponsor before.
2: That's true. That's true. Belly up. Hey, promo code belly up for the best uh the best Manscaped, the best uh body shaving you get. We're going to take a quick commercial break from our friends at Invader Coffee. When we come back, we're going to talk about the NFL, uh, we're talking about some of the gambling suspensions that were handed out yesterday, but enjoy this commercial break from Invader. Do- In- Invader Coffee. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good, quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic, air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air roasted, 100% money back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout and receive 15% off your order. That's right, folks. The best coffee your money can buy, Invader Coffee. Use the link in our description on YouTube and Facebook. I've been sipping on the Outlander brand, and I guess they still have the offer where if you buy a pound of the, uh, if you buy a bag of the Outlander brew, you're entered into a contest where you could win a muscle car, a, a Chevy Camaro SS, and it looks very impressive on the website if you, have, if you get a look. Mm. But you can also use promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your order. So save a little money, help the show and save a little, save a little coin with the, uh, with the promo code. Yeah. Uh, excuse me.
0: Sorry for interrupting. If I may. Um, words of the wise, if either you think about traveling to Scandinavia, understand that they like their coffee black, no cream, no sugar. They drink it straight black. That's I drink mine. I when I first came to the movie, I got I kind of got looked at sideways by some people when I put cream and sugar in mine. Although it's been eight years since I last had a cup of coffee because I don't drink coffee anymore. But it is what it is. Or tea, for that matter. But it is what it is. Anyway.
2: This cultural lesson brought to you by Invader Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, sick. But yes,
0: <laughs> in association with Football VPN, when things get screwed with the Wi-Fi, choose screwball vpn the vpn all the way out of left field
2: thank you screwball vpn so let's move on we're gonna keep this we're gonna, we're gonna wrap things up with the nfl and they handed out various gambling suspensions yesterday for violation of rules five players including four from the detroit lions were suspended on friday for gambling suspensions apparently they had used sportsbook apps to make gambling bets while on a uh, club facility while on club facility grounds. Uh, that in one of those players is Jimison Williams, who was Detroit's first round pick last year. He gets a six game suspension. Uh, and also as a result, uh, CJ Moore and quintez, quintez Cephas they're no long they no longer have a job with the Detroit Lions so they will they're uh, they'll definitely uh, suspended indefinitely Washington commander's defensive end Shaka Tony was also suspended all, as well as Stanley Barry Hill uh, wide receiver from the Detroit Lions and this kind of poses a question about sportsbook and sports gambling now the NFL they have various sports book companies who are uh, who are sponsors of the nfl they pay a lot of money to get sponsorships with the nfl but you have these gambling suspensions that come out and i understand that if you gamble if, if you and i, and I guess the, the story goes that none of these players bet on football games they ain't bet on nfl games these were also uh, they were outside of the nfl but do you guys find it kind of hypocritical about these rules about the nfl having sponsorships with sportsbook companies but players are not allowed to use they're not allowed to gamble themselves i i
3: i guess i'll kick it off by saying yes i think it is hypocritical especially since they were not betting on football because that's that's where it could get uh dicey if this had happened in season and they bet on football then I would have a bit more of a problem with it. But this is off season. They didn't bet on football. And I think that this is to draw a loose parallel. I also feel like it's hypocritical because it was like the colleges before the players could could um, get their name in likeness uh, royalties. The colleges were making tons of money off these players, yet if, Somebody went and bought a player of bagel with cream cheese. It was like a violation. You know, it, it was ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know, uh, extremely ridiculous. And I think that the NFL, the NFL sponsoring uh, having all these sponsorship deals with these gambling companies, but then saying to their, their players, you can't gamble on anything, period, and you're going to pay the consequences. It, it reeks of BS for me.
2: So uh, the person I find at fault the most is Damaris Smith. He's the executive director of the NFLPA. Yeah. And with these gambling rules made by made by the NFL, why wasn't he a better representative in saying, "Okay, can we make some guidelines saying, all right, we we, we okay, we'll give you some leeway. We won't have these players get they're not going to gamble on the NFL games." That's a given. They're not going to wreck their team's chances at a playoff berth or a You can't bet on, you can't bet on on grant on. You can't bet on uh, facility on, on facility grounds. Great, that's the yes. rule. That's, but just, you can't bet in season. You can't, yeah. bet While you're on the team, those yeah. rules I understand.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: However, not being able to do sportsbook on different sports is. Yeah, that's just that's 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 on Demora Smith. That's Demora Smith's fault for not going to the league and say, hey, you know, what they do recreationally outside of their job, it's I I shouldn't it shouldn't affect how they play.
3: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I agree with you. He should have they put up, they should have had the players union put some caveats in there.
2: Yeah, yeah, the players, that's, that's on Demora Smith and. And it's it's uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I understand you have you have guys who are you have guys who are have. I mean, this could pose to be a gambling issue. A gambling is an addiction, just as alcohol, any or any type of hard drug. Uh, Absolutely. I
0: mean, anybody know?
2: If you're just doing it recreationally, just for the heck of it, I see no issue with it.
0: who mm-hmm. mm-hmm. knows ba- knows about gambling addiction, particularly, it'd be wise. As he works with, you know, as he as he works in the casino and whatnot, that's true. Well, oh, I'm that's sorry, my, my, he mentioned it. He's mentioned it before. He talks about how he works the security, or when he's working on the ground on the grounds, he's known certain people. And he says, as an employee, it's his op- his obligation, I think, to notify them that there are, that there are, you know, organizations that could help them overcome their addiction.
2: Right. Right. Of yeah. course, they, they, they always have those. They always have those disclaimers in the commercials. If you have if you have a gambling problem, call this number and depends on the mm-hmm. state too. It also depends on the state they're in because some states don't have a uh, sports book yet.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: uh, Michigan, Michigan, Washington, DC, or Virginia, Maryland, wherever, wherever the commander's facility is, uh, they may have a legal mm-hmm. sports. They may have legal sports book. Some of these, some states don't have legal sports book just yet.
0: Well, my question, first of all, is first of all, regarding the, the three and um, I'm sorry, is it for them in Detroit? Is it mm-hmm. for them? Play- my question is, who is their P, who is their player association rep? He should have been the first one they should have talked to regarding all this, as well as their agents. It can't just it can't just fall on the P, on the head of the PA because every team has their own representative selected by the players, and it is the duty of that particular player to notify the rest of the team what are the guidelines this, that, in the third, and what decisions are made. Regarding the players union. Otherwise, what's the point of you being a representative of your team in the union?
2: That's great. That's a great question. But my thing is, is the Morris Smith is the executive director. It's up to him to be proactive and, and address this issue with the league itself.
3: Yeah. And I mean, the, the
2: thing yeah, is,
3: you got to know too. You got to know your audience, so to speak. one, people everybody likes to gamble a little bit we all do it in different ways fantasy sports is my you know the way that I like to do it but also these athletes they have a they have a certain mindset I mean look at look at Michael Jordan and the in the the rush that he says he gets from gambling yeah you had to know that with sports booking becoming um, legal in more states and the the advent of everything's on people's smartphones these days you yeah. had to know that this could have come up you know i'm not i'm not saying anything particular about any athletes or anything but it's just people of a certain age group and people in general we like to gamble a little bit and the easier it is to do so the more likely we're going to do it on some level so how could you as the head of a players association not see this coming and say hey we got to set up some guidelines, and also the like. Uh, I saw Cole said in the the chat. It is hypocritical. the The NFL is making money off of gambling, and you're and you're uh, punishing the players from doing so. And I get it. I I get it. The Pete Rose thing made everybody scared, but they didn't. Yep. This is not in season. It's not on football, and it's not on their own team. That's that's the thing, because Pete Rose always claimed he he didn't bet on his own team. Uh, but I am not a fan of Pete Rose, so there's mm-hmm. that. He was a great baseball player, but uh, can't say I'm the biggest fan.
2: Yeah, and Cole also I says the, more, the weakest, the weakest labor union director in the history of professional sports. Ain't that the truth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's say this, though, because I'm reading the article right now from NFL.com. It says suspensions are the first, the first one since uh, the banning of receiver Calvin Ridley back in last season, twenty twenty two campaign. He was this. He was suspended an entire season. Yeah, it was just recently re- in the offseason. Mm-hmm. that it. make sense. My, to what extent was he gambling, and what was it that he was gambling in?
2: Well, he was gambling while he was taking time away from the Atlanta Falcons. So, I think what the NFL was trying to do is set a precedent and saying, "Hey, this is serious. Don't gamble during the season or any time or on on facility grounds because there will be consequences." And that's what happened with Calvin Ridley. He and he said he said too. He says, "I I made a mistake. I own up to it. I'm going to be a better I'm going to be better for it."
0: Yeah. Basically, at Snowman would say what they did was conduct detrimental to the league in a yeah. sense that that could be the right there. However, yeah. what I can say is like, as far, as far as the teams and the league banning these players to find them, unless these players are getting endorsements from these very same, uh, gambling or uh, gambling, uh, outlets and whatnot. What is the problem? Besides them playing, unless they were on the grounds in the offseason, like you said, just now, but since they were, you know, there was no harm, no foul, but instead they were in places where they should not have done it. And we understand that, like has mentioned, the availability of of these outlets through the internet, especially through your phone or tablets. Everyone has a phone. And, I can, and from what I can understand, because, like, first of all, folks, bear in mind, I'm on the other side of the Atlantic here. Right. They have stricter regulations regarding gambling and whatnot here. Mm-hmm. There, and I've seen I've seen ads, I've seen ads for gambling houses for gambling outlets here, and I know not to mess with that because I've seen the dangers of gambling. I almost got uh, caught up in that one time, but thankfully, it was. I saw it beforehand and I realized I need to stay with me. But I also understand the danger of these things. But they also have safety precautions. They're putting some safety uh, guidelines as well. But my question is. Did you have that stateside? side? What these gambling it is gambling has? gambling outlets, Sorry, Gambling outlets, excuse me. My mouse, my mouse my mouse not working today. That's okay. Um Well, it depends yeah. on
2: the state because because some states for New York, I can they did they started Sportsbook, I think January 1st of <laughs> last me. year. Um, mm-hmm. So, it depends on the, it depends on which state they have certain they have certain uh, sportsbook companies they go through. I know with New York it's DraftKings. Uh we have a sponsorship with uh Billy up Sports and with Gazelle Media for uh for DraftKings. Um uh, so it it all depends on which state you're in and which company you're going through. They only have a certain amount I know with New York they only have a certain amount of sportsbook companies you can go through. I think it's DraftKings, yeah. FanDuel, and I forgot the other two or three uh rivers rivers because rivers because there's rivers casino outlets in schenectady and mohawk and what and, and whatnot so you can so it depends on the company so and, and cole says mm-hmm. that's why you have those lines that have a six game suspension it's the first offense suspension length for quote conduct detrimental to the league unquote so
0: well i would argue that it has to be that extent extensive suspension because of course the, you know the punishment has to master crime that's the argument right here. So the question is where do you draw the line right there?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think and... I think Calvin Ridley was the first was the first shoe to fall.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think what made that tough is that you had the Deshaun Watson situation going on at the same time. Yeah. And some other situations where the suspension was less severe for, in my view, a much greater uh offense. So, so the NFL has always had a bit of a problem figuring this kind of stuff out. Cause even, even in this example, he said two players got cut Jameson Williams, because he was their high draft pick, he said, they're not going to cut him. They're not going to suspend him for a full year. So they're going to suspend him six games, which it's not great anyway, because I for one am looking forward to seeing Jamison Williams on the, on the field next year. And I was looking forward to seeing him from week one because he came back from that injury. Uh, But the NFL has always been a little fast and loose with their guidelines on suspension. Um, And and that's the frustrating thing.
0: Well, I'm just looking at this and it says like uh, both uh, Quintus Cephas, uh, CJ Moore and Shaka Tony are indefinitely suspended. Yeah. Right.
2: And that's why Cephas and Moore were both released by the Lions.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's... Well, they can apply a for reinstatement after, by the end of the next se- of this coming season, or this twenty twenty three season. Afterwards, they can apply for reinstatement. But the question right there says, where do you draw the line on the punishment matching the crime?
2: Right, and that's what we have to figure out. That's what the NFL and the NFLPA have to figure out and get together on. Uh so...
0: what's that? Basically, this, a lot of this is like uncharted waters for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Because when you bring in like certain and uh, you know gambling houses, gambling outlets, you know now having sponsorship deals with these uh, with sports organizations or whatnot, that raises questions of whether or not you should be allowing this. Right. I mean, sometimes you know because there could be a conflict of interest right there.
2: Yeah that's for sure that's for sure uh we had two other stories to get to uh the aaron Rodgers situation with the jets i'm just going to say this i kind of feel like butters from south park in the uh super cool news episode when he's a celebrity when he's on celebrity watch and he gets asked if he's seen any celebrities uh but he says i thought i saw Sigourney weaver but it was just a dead horse that's how i feel right now about the aaron Rodgers <laughs> to the Jets situation
1: like oh my god <laughs>
0: All I can say about that is this.
1: <laughs>
0: and unfortunately, I got killed. Somebody say you you know what.
2: <laughs> and apparently Tom Brady was supposed to go to the Dolphins, but I don't really care about that. So we're just gonna we're just gonna end things here. So
0: <laughs> So folks Before we do, I just have to say this one thing, you know. As someone who understands psychedelics, and I know we all do poke fun at Mr. Rogers, I just have to say.
1: Ayo, what's good? Nothing to do with Aaron Rogers. No, no, no. His failure with the Packers is his own undoing.
0: It is denial, circle of denial, he's in denial, circle of denial, he's in the circle of denial. Ooh, the
1: Packers have failed. He's in the circle, the circle of denial.
0: I'm not going to get the f- big finish here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done.
0: So that's going to end everything good. here. Ayahuasca but- should not have the bad rap here. Just the same as we could say with Ibogaine, which is an important thing, which, which is proven to be far better than, than uh, what is it called? Uh, something trolling to combat heroin and opioid addiction, or even peyote cac- and such like this, Yeah, even medicinal cannabis and hemp. But that's another discussion for another time. And Ryan, thank you for having me over. Ben, yeah. Dustin, it's been a pleasure to make your acquaintance, sir.
2: Wow, nice to thank meet you, you too, Sick. Thanks for the education on all the soccer stuff. And we will. And we look forward to more anthropology talk here on No Credentials Required. But in the meantime. <laughs> Our <laughs> socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at NoCredsReq, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsReq, YouTube.com forward slash at req. If you're watching live or you're watching on the replay, smash that like button if you're watching on other Facebook or YouTube, smash responsibly. If you're listening on podcast side subscribe to our podcast by going to apple by subscribing on apple podcast spotify Spreaker, google play wherever you podcast rate and review give us a five-star rating that way people know we're out there and if you have, leave a review no matter how mean or how nice it is we'll even read it on the air so for sick diggy for Dustin Henry, my name is Ryan McCarthy. You have been watching or listening to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Billy Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. We will be back here Monday, May first, at seven p.m. And we'll be back from we'll be on Monday nights exclusively from then until Labor Day. We were going to do a Monday show, but we're going to celebrate my sister's birthday instead. Uh, so we're gonna. That's why we did the Saturday brunch show. so
1: that's
2: right so thank you again for watching or listening we appreciate you and we'll see you next time
3: good afternoon everybody